Gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now. I have episode 173 of the podcast that was originally recorded on August 6th of 2017. Some of the games I played this past week, A Little Dice Forge, yes, we were building dice. I revisited Orleans, but this time it played with the Invasion expansion and played a little Prosperity scenario. I also played some Roleplayer on Tabletopia, and I'm actually going to be doing a live stream today of Roleplayer with the physical copy of the game, so be on the lookout for that. Other than that, I also talked about a few of the games that I want to play. Enjoy the episode. Hey gamers, welcome to the games. This is Joe Luzzi from What I'm Playing Now. And welcome to another episode of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. This is episode 173. As always, you can send us some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to whatimplayingnow at gmail.com. You can also join us in some conversations over on Board Game Geek. We have a guild over there, guild number 2440. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G like I always say. You can look for us on Facebook. Just search for What I'm Playing Now. We have a Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. And you can also follow us on YouTube, youtube.com slash what I'm playing now. All right, let's jump into some of the games I played for this past week. We only got a few games in this past week because if you were following my Twitch stream on Tuesday, my wife Kim had a cold this week, so she was unable to make it. And I got to play Roleplayer, a solo game of it. And I played that on Tabletopia. But let's actually talk about a few, a few of the other games I played this week before we jump into that one. All right, so one of the first games I played this week when I went down to my local game store, a little dice game that came out just shortly, a short time ago, called Dice Forge. So this is an interesting game. This is a game that has some Euro mechanics to it. Because you are collecting resources, you're going for victory points. It does have dice in it, and you are basically building the dice in this game. So you're going to be able to pop off the sides of the dice, be able to purchase other sides that you will then be able to place on these dice that you will be rolling constantly. And this game is definitely a very fast game. You definitely need to be paying attention. There really is no downtime because even on your opponent's turns, you will be rolling your dice and collecting resources. So you are constantly paying attention to see what resources you have, what you're bumping up, what you have on your dice, what you're trying to get if you lack or, or you know, or if you're short some resources over others, and then what you're actually going to be purchasing on your turn. The instructions for this game are very simple. I had read them while we were actually setting up the game, and a couple of the people around the table actually explained it very quickly, what was going on. One of the interesting things I found out about this game is, since you are rolling on everybody's turn, in this game, the start player actually starts out with three gold, and then it goes down to the fourth player. If you play a four-player game who starts out with zero, it goes down three, two, one, zero. So, and that is because as the fourth player, you're going to be rolling your dice, collecting resources on the first player's turn, the second player, the third player, and then on your turn, you're rolling dice. So you're going to have four sets of rolls before you actually start actually taking an action to be able to purchase something. So that's why you are starting out with no gold. And I started off as the fourth player, which I didn't have a problem with. It didn't seem like it slowed me down any, or it didn't seem like I had any problem keeping up with anybody. But let's actually go through what you're going to be doing. So on a player's turn, you are going to be doing what is called receiving a divine blessing. Receiving a divine blessing is rolling the dice. And on your turn, you are rolling both dice. If you receive a minor blessing, you only get to roll one of your dice. That is sometimes activated from one of the cards 
that you have or possibly, I don't know if one of the die faces does that or not. It might. I can't remember. There are so many different die faces in this game that you can put on the side of the dice. I definitely do not have them all memorized. After you roll your dice, you're going to move up your resources based on what you rolled. If you are the active player, you can call for reinforcements. This is basically going to allow you to play a card that you, or activate a card that you have in front of you that has a gear symbol on there. After that, you'll be able to perform a couple of actions. You can either make an offering to the gods, which is going to be spending gold to purchase the dice sides that you will then be able to replace. And one of the things we actually use, they actually say you could just use the sides of, or the corners of the, the sides of the dice to actually be able to remove them. We actually kind of cheated. We had the little tool from the game Rattlebones that we were just handing around the table and people were using because it, it is a little bit easier with that little tool. And why they didn't include that with this game, I am not sure. That little piece of plastic that they had included in Rattlebones could not have cost that much that they did not think to include this or that they just felt that the corners of the the sides were fine, but I mean, I guess it is. I'm that uh, I was even doing that a couple of times, just using the corners. But that little tool from Rattlebones, which is another dice building type of game that has the same type of, you know, mechanic to it, where you're popping pieces off of the sides and then building your own dice. Uh, you know, the corners of it does work, but that little tool did make it a little easier. So the gold is what you're going to be able to do with the offering of the gods. You're going to be able to replace sides of the dice as you want, or you can perform a heroic feat, which is going to allow you to use some of your other resources. And the other resources you have are sun shards, moon shards, and then glory points are your victory points. But I don't think you're going to be spending any of those for actual cards that you're going to be able to purchase under the heroic feat part of the game. When you're going to purchase a card, you have a little meeple that you will put on a spot by one of the cards. There's usually two cards per meeple spot. If somebody else is there, you will oust that player from that location. You will put them back onto their spot on the middle of the board. They will get to roll for the divine blessings at that time when they're ousted. If nobody else is there and you just put your meeple there, you can pick one of the two cards based on the cost. And the cards are usually, they you know, from... I guess you could say from the way I was sitting at the table from right to left, the cards, the blue cards on my side of the table went from like lowest to highest from right to left. They kind of loop all around the uh, moon shards and sun shards are on opposite sides of the board. And you're going to be basically be able to place a, or purchase a card. If the card had like a tornado symbol on there, you can do that symbol immediately. If not, it is something that you can use later on in the game. Once per turn, the active player is able to spend two sun shards to perform an additional action, which could either be make an offering to the gods or performing an heroic feat. So if you wanted to purchase two different cards, you would spend two sun shards after purchasing your first card, and essentially you could do that again. Other than that, at a very high fast level, that is kind of the essence and pretty much a rundown of how the game is played and what you're going to be doing on your turn. On a four-player game, you're playing nine rounds. You're going to rinse and repeat this for nine rounds. At the end of the game, you're basically scoring, um, totaling up victory points. And that's kind of about the gist of the game. It is a very fast game. Even with four players, the game we played was probably done in a half hour, I would say, if maybe a little longer due to, uh, you know, the explanation of the rules and stuff like that since I had never really played the game before. But um, I'm kind of glad I played this game. I wanted to get a game of this under my belt. I had watched a couple of videos on this one. I was interested to see how it played. This is a very simple, very intro level type of game, I would say. There is some strategy here. I didn't find it to be too, too difficult or that much strategy in the game. I'd be interested in seeing if there are any expansions that could actually build upon 
what this base game can actually give to you. Maybe make it a little, make it maybe add a little bit more strategy or some other things to the game. Um, it, it's a it's a solid base game. Don't know if it's one I'm going to be adding to my collection or not. I'm probably going to have to take the wife down to the game store and have her play a game with it of this game before we actually decide whether we're going to add this one to my add this one to our collection or not. I mean, I like the game. I thought it was okay, but I don't know if it's one I need added to my collection as I really don't know if it's one that I'd want to pull out and play regularly. I know the designer for this game also did Seasons. I believe that game from playing Seasons in the past is a little bit kind of a step up from this as far as strategy goes. I know it doesn't have the same type of building die mechanic that this game does, but I don't know if I really need that in a game. It's fun for a little while, just like when Rattlebones had come out. We played that for a little while down at my local game store, and I can't even tell you the last time I saw somebody pull Rattlebones out in the past probably six months to a year. I don't even know if I've seen that game actually hit the table once. I may, It could have been. Maybe I wasn't there. Maybe somebody was playing it and I just wasn't paying attention. But I don't think Rattlebones I've seen played. So this game is fun for right now. It all depends on what they're going to add to it. I will say one thing about this game, the storage box that this game does come in. I will commend the publisher and the designer for actually whoever designed this box and this insert. Kudos to you. They did a spectacular job with just making everything fit perfectly and the way the sleeve, they have a sleeve that actually fits over the one board where all of the side pieces are for the dice and it keeps them all in place. I was really impressed when I was unboxing this game and just how everything was laid out, how perfectly it fit in there and just how flawlessly everything was put together. I was really impressed with the actual setup or, you know, of that box insert, which you know, sometimes games lack, and that really, it doesn't really deter much from the game, but when you find a good insert for a game like this, it really does make you actually appreciate it just that much more. So that's Dice Forge. It is a cool little game. If you're looking for an entry-level type of, you know, resource collecting, you know, die rolling game, definitely give this one a shot. You probably will like it. It is fun. For me, I need something with maybe a little bit more strategy. So I will see if there are any expansions coming out for it soon. And then I will take a second look at that one. After that, my buddy Logan and I actually jumped over to another table and we played a two-player game of Orleans Invasion. We were actually doing the prosperity scenario. I had been talking about quite a bit about um, Orleans lately because my wife and I have been playing a lot of trade and intrigue. We had we picked up the Invasion um, expansion shortly after Origins. My wife and I have not played this one, so... When my buddy Logan said he wanted to try this one, I said, what the hell? I've been wanting to play Invasion for a little while. I wanted to see what it was like and give it a shot. There were people playing some other games that neither of us were highly interested in. Well, I wouldn't mind playing one. Logan really wasn't interested in one. So I said, let's just go off over here, try this, and I'll play one of the other games at another time. With Prosperity, you're playing with a few additional things from the base game. You are having a character that is called the Carpenter. The Carpenter is going to be used with the cards that come in the Invasion set. The Carpenter token has his own board that you're given for movement. You're able to place either the Boatsman or the Trader there to be able to move him. The Trader moves him by road. The Boatsman will move him by water. And you're going to want to move him to the different locations based on the cards that you have. At the beginning of the game, you're given two cards, and you can choose one, and then you set another one back. You can only have one card at a time in front of you, and you're going to try to fulfill and get this carpenter token that is on the board over to the location that matches the card, and then 
fill him with fill the card with whatever resources it requires. It could be resources as in goods, as in wheat, wool, etc. Any of the goods that are over there, or it could actually be tokens or players. It could be monks. It could be traders, craftsmen, boatsmen, whatever is required. It could require one of all each. It could require gold. There's a, a bunch of different things that could be required on each card. So by getting the, the actual carpenter token to the city, you'll flip the card over. On the next turn, you'll then be able to start populating the card. Now you do have to use the actual spots on the board that let you move your tokens to this board. And what I mean by that is you have to use the town hall or the gunpowder tower to actually move your workers to that city and that location. Once you have it filled up, you're able to basically flip that card over. You put a white token on there, which showing it's done, and you'll get the victory points at the end of the game based on that. So once you fill a card in, the workers and the goods that you have on there are placed back into their appropriate places on the board, and they can actually be purchased then at a later time in the game. So there's also one other thing. The Beneficial Deeds board that you play with for Prosperity is really interesting. There's only 16 rounds in this game, and you can see all the Beneficial Deeds and what they are, or what each hourglass is going to be, the hourglass house that you would normally play with. You can see what those are in all 16 of those as you move a token through each one. So you can see what's coming up in the turns ahead of you, so you're actually able to prepare for this. The other thing about the Beneficial Deeds board that I noticed is it's pretty much half the size of any other Beneficial Deeds. Why is that? Why? Because those hourglass tiles that I was just talking about take up about half of that Beneficial Deed board. You are very limited with the number of workers you can actually send up and get money for because there are a couple of different spots you can put your workers on. The one, one will give you one gold, one will give you two gold, one will give you a gold or let you move up one on the development track. So there really is, you really have to watch out what you're trying to call from your bag and what you're trying to thin out from your bag because there was only one tradesman spot on that whole beneficial deeds board you can move to. And my buddy Logan took that real early in the game. And I had some tradesmen that I really wanted to actually get rid of and could not because there was really no place to put them on that beneficial deeds board. That is pretty much summing up kind of some of the newer things. There are some also new additional buildings that's added to the game for this one. But other than those things that I've mentioned right now, that kind of is what makes up prosperity. And I have to say, it does make for a little bit tighter of a game. Not being able to thin out your bag as much or as much as I wanted to with what I wanted to get rid of, it really gave me a different type of strategy as far as what I was trying to take and what I was trying to go for. Uh, the victory points that you can get from those cards is very important. I think I had finished one card, which gave me an additional 20 points. I think my buddy Logan had finished a couple, and I think each of his were 10. So we were very close in regards to that. Also, there were no citizens on the development track also. So whenever you were doing a action where you were getting for to move along that development track even though I was up in the, even though I was up above five and I was well above him earlier in the game there was no citizen that I the citizens that I collected on that one so I don't think I actually had any citizens that I had collected at all in this game which is actually very very different for me normally I try to go for a lot of citizens and I try to mix that up by playing the houses as well on the board to be able to collect for those but not having the citizens, I thought that was really going to affect my score. But the one thing I did actually collect a lot of were goods. 
I was moving around the map quite a bit, even though I wasn't building, um, doing the guild hall actions to, to build the buildings, but I was moving a lot around the board and I was collecting a lot of resources. Now, one other difference I didn't mention during setup that you're going to do is all of your resources are face down in this game. So as you're moving along the board, you really can't plan a good strategy or a good path to take when you're moving on that board because you don't know what resources are where, so you can't necessarily start going for, oh, there's three brocades over there. I'm going to move my worker over to there and start collecting those. You don't know what's where on that board, so you're pretty much just guessing as far as how that goes. One other thing to do with the carpenter, whenever you get the carpenter into a city, and you get to flip over one of your cards, you will put one of your buildings in you. It's basically called a structure. I believe it is what they refer to it as in the rules. And you're putting that over a good that is surrounding that city. That good can no, no longer be taken by anybody in the game. It basically just nullifies it. Now that building that you did get to put out for free does not get to count when you're counting up your buildings and multiplying that by your track where you are on the development track, those we just removed at the end of the game to make sure we didn't count them. So make sure you pay attention to that and take care of that. But other than that, I will have to say, I can't wait to play this one with my wife. I thought it was really challenging. It was different. It mixed up the game a little bit. The cards in Invasion are definitely a little bit different than the cards in Trade and Intrigue. Having that carpenter worker, having to move him around the board, had you really thinking because not only are you trying to move your worker around the board and figure out where you want to do your guild hall actions, you're trying to move the carpenter into a city possibly to be able to start filling up a card with resources and workers to be able to get extra victory points there. It's definitely a lot different in, in than trade and entry where you're pretty much just giving in giving up a lot of resources and in trade and entry those resources are removed from the game when you're doing that. So that is also a little different. Other than that, the game does play, I think, very similarly. I I will say I think I'm preferring trade and intrigue a little bit more. I really like the hourglass tiles and the mixture of tiles that they give you in trade and intrigue. The way that you have eight of each letter. You have the A, B, C, D, A, B, C, and D, and you're shuffling those and you're playing with four of those each turn. You never know what's coming up in each turn because it's completely random and they're different every game. So there's really no set path that you know is coming that you know to prepare for. You pretty much need to think on the fly and be able to adjust your strategy very quickly. I think that makes trade and intrigue possibly a little bit more strategic for me than just invasion. I will say prosperity, There, were, I didn't have a problem with it. Like I said, the hardest thing for me was not being able to thin out my bag the way I wanted to, but I think that just, like I said, brings in a whole different strategy that I had never even thought of before where you are limited to what you are trying to get rid of. So invasion, I will give another thumbs up for. So far, I'm liking both expansions for Orleans. And hopefully I can actually get my fan kit already ordered and get some of those wooden tokens and maybe the fifth player board because I know my wife and I do want to try Intrigue with four or five players. All right, after that, since Kim was sick this past week, she wasn't able to do a stream. I tried to do a stream on Twitch. I just did one on my computer real quick. I had Tabletopia or I have a subscription to Tabletopia, and I figured, well, let's try to do Roleplayer. It has a solo game to it. I haven't played Roleplayer in a while since I pretty much bought the first game, or bought the game initially, and that was a while ago. So I was like, let me just do it there, because this way I don't have to worry about setting everything up by myself and trying to run all the equipment and everything downstairs by myself. It was 
easy just to get that up and running on the computer. I did have to refresh myself with the rules, and I actually think since she still has um, a little bit of that cold lingering on, she still has a pretty bad cough with her that would probably make her being on the video not sounding perfectly right now. She'd probably be coughing quite a bit. So I'm actually going to do another playthrough of Roleplayer, but this time I'm actually am going to set up all the equipment and do an actual physical playthrough of a solo game rather than using Tabletopia. Tabletopia did work in a pinch. I thought once I got comfortable with the user interface for that game role player, I was able to figure everything out easily because I have played a couple of games on there before. I haven't used it as much as I want, but I will say it definitely came through in a pinch when she wasn't able to be here, and I will definitely be using that again um, and streaming out to Twitch through Tabletopia if Kim is never available or if she has to work or if she's ever sick again in the future, which I'm hoping is very minimal, and we can get back to a normal schedule. So last night, I was not feeling too hot. I am much better today, so I'm going to be doing a stream onto Twitch a day late. Like I said, that will be role player, so keep an eye out for that. That will be hitting, um, you'll probably be able to revisit that on twi the tw our Twitch page or find that on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash what I'm playing now. But other than that, we're going to make this podcast a little shorter so I can start getting ready for a stream and maybe do a solo run through of role player real quick before I actually sit down and actually stream one out to Twitch. So let's jump into what I want to play now. I was looking through Board Game Geek. One of the games they mentioned that was a newer game that's going to be coming out was a game from Queen Games. It is called Pioneers. This looks to be somewhat maybe of a worker placement game that might have almost like a ticket to ride component to it. So it looks kind of interesting. From what I can tell, there really isn't a lot of information out there about it. But it looked interesting, so I'm going to keep an eye on that one and actually see what comes out with that one in the future. There's another game that really caught my eye. And this is from designer Rob Davio, Justin Jacobson, and Wolfgang Kramer. It is going to be published by Restoration Games. That is called Downforce. I am a huge racing fan. I love racing games. And this one looks to be really cool. It's a remake of some older style games that use are using similar mechanics. You're going to be bidding on different cars at the beginning of the game, playing cards then to actually move around the track. And I'm really interested in seeing, I've heard some really good things about this game, Downforce from Restoration Games. And I'm actually hoping that Restoration Games is going to be fulfilling their Kickstarters here soon for the game Stop Thief, which I kickstarted. So I'm really interested in looking for that one. And I can't wait to get that one to the table as well, because maybe we will have to do a stream of the original Stop Thief one night and then follow that up with the new Restoration Games um, Stop Thief game to see how they compare. But other than that, that is going to be it for this week, everybody. Thank you for joining me for this podcast. As always, send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can also join us in some conversations over on Boarding Game Geek. We have a guild over there, guild number 2440. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G like I always say. You can search for us on Facebook, what I'm playing now. Our Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. And on YouTube, we are youtube.com slash what I'm playing playing now but everybody already knows what they need to go do go play some games and then let me know what you're playing now until next week everybody thank you for joining me have a great week and i will talk to you later bye bye